time contains graphic and explicit content. It may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. What's your favorite scary movie? where two 20-something LGBTs talk the horror movie of the week, real-life crime or events, and if it's worthy of being an honorary gay film. And yes, the titles are puns. I'm Elle. I'm Kate. Hello. We are so excited for this week. Oh my god. We got some more vintage gays for you. Yes! Yes, yes, yes. So we're doing 1963's The Haunting, the the first of... the first of many adaptations of... um, Shirley Jackson's The Haunting of Hill House. You. Which I was a, I was a dumbass for the longest time and didn't know. Like, I knew that this existed, The Haunting. Yeah. And knew that Haunting of Hill House was a book. Did not know they were the same thing, just because <laughs> of the abbreviation of the title. <laughs> and then, so, you know, this has gotten in the works again because of the, the Netflix show that um, Mike Flanagan did. Yeah. Which I still need to, I still need to finish. Um, <laughs> and I... I've seen the 1999 version, too, with Cassidy Data jones which oh. is iconic, but this is the OG. We decided to do that one. Now, which, had, Elle, had you seen this before, or have you seen Hill House? I forget. Um, the first one I ever saw was the 99 version, and I hated that. Whoop! <laughs> no! <laughs> I just remember I didn't really like it, but then I saw the Netflix uh, Haunting of Hill House, and I really liked that. And so this is my first time watching The Haunting, and I was like super into it. No, I oh, loved okay, it dope. so much. Oh my god, it was so, so good. I wanna I wanna own it on DVD so I can just rewatch it. I, just, I had a blast watching it. I loved it. Hell yeah. Yeah, and from what I know, like, I haven't read the book because I can't read. But... <laughs> and we, we were supposed to have a guest on here um, that had read it. He couldn't make it, unfortunately, but he'll be he'll be back. He will be um, here. But I know that I think this is a more, this sticks more to the book than the new show does. The show kind of literally just takes the character names and runs with it, right? Uh, yeah. From what I read, the this is the adaptation that sticks the closest to the book um, in terms okay. of the characters, um, because in the book it's just like these four characters, and in like the Netflix uh, Hill House, it's like a family that lived there. It wasn't like yeah, like these separate people who weren't really related or anything, um, but. Yeah, but I, I like I like both adaptations, just not really the 99 one. <laughs> okay, noted. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry. So this was um this was directed by Robert Wise, who was like I love how like fresh off of West Side Story, he's like I'm gonna do a fucking horror movie. Fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah, yes, and um, that's where one of the uh, Russ Tamblin. Uh, Comes yeah! from. So I was like, this guy looks so familiar. And like, was he in West Side Story? And I looked up and I was like, yes, he was. And he also did a cameo as Nell's psychiatrist in Netflix's Hill House. Uh, so if you rewatch that. Oh, he does? Yeah, that's him. Oh, hell yeah! <laughs> well, I haven't watched the show. How would I know? <laughs> Just for anybody that, anybody that wants what to rewatch fuck it. What would I know? Go for it. Oh, hell yeah. I love it. We love Russ Tamlin in this house. I, I need to do a quick sidebar. Um, I So everyone knows that I'm obsessed with Tony Curtis. Yes. We all know. Um, 
I like posted a picture of him on Instagram with a survey. I'm like, do y'all know who this is when I'm talking about him? And someone's like, yeah, that's Russ Tamlin. I love him in West Side Story. And I was like, I can't tell if you're joking or not. Russ <laughs> <laughs> dying. Like not to not to put him on read. Oh my god, that's amazing. Oh, oh. my god, <laughs> it's Russ Tamlin. White boys is the same. I, I, is this what it would is this what it would have been like if there was the internet in like the fifties and sixties? <laughs> people would just be like confusing Russ Tamlin and Tony Curtis. I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I'm gonna. We're gonna do a Tony Curtis movie one of these days. One day. Just he's only done. I think like there's two horror esque movies he's made. One of them is Manitou. I won't put us through that, but I know of a good one we can do. Yay. But anyways, let's talk about the haunting. I'm sorry, I just went on the <laughs> So good. So, uh, Nell's family sucks. Do you want to talk about yeah. that? God, her oh family God. sucks so much. Like, you forget, like, it, every, everything is bad now. <laughs> you forget how it was even worse and how women had even less agency back then and, like, even her own, like, brother and, I think, it's her brother and sister-in-law, right? I believe, so. <clears throat> I think so, yeah. Or it's her, either her sister and brother-in-law or the other way around. I really oh, couldn't okay. tell. I was like, maybe? But one of them's related to her. She treated her like shit. Oh, God, oh yeah. God. Yeah. Like, can I? <laughs> uh. Yeah, that's, <laughs> what, what are you gonna do? Yeah, like, I guess, well, I guess the home life was necessary to show, like, why she kept wanting to stay there, even though, like, she just keeps saying, like, this is, no, this is a great opportunity, and, like, I don't understand how just living in a haunted house is a great opportunity, or, or maybe, it, <laughs> maybe it is. I need a vacation, I, like, just gotta go. <laughs> just gonna, gotta go. Gotta get out of here. Um, <laughs> um oh yeah, did we say the plot? Oh, <laughs> yes, we should talk about the plot. Yeah. So, so Nell, who we mentioned, um, escapes her shitty, steals her brother's car and escapes that shitty home life to go, uh, be part of, like, a, a paranormal investigating thing at this, at Hill House that's yes. supposed to have this activity. It's, like, the backstories of, like, people dying there and, like, the, <clears throat> sorry, the backstory of the, like, woman that lives there, it turns out, you know, parallels... Um, how she was the caretaker for her mom, and so she's feeling all of this guilt, and it's all, it's it's very psychological. Like that, this mm-hmm. is um, this m- movie doesn't show a lot, and that's what makes it so scary because like, yes, um, a lot of the time, like, I think you're supposed to even wonder if it's real or not. Mm-hmm. Not like with cat people that we talked about last time. Yeah, you know, is it just? Do, do they just not believe women, or is she actually? <laughs> Losing it. Is this happening? Um, I couldn't believe even, like... <laughs> the, what's the doctor's name? Oh, Dr. Markway? Yeah, that fucker. So even... Like, even he... Like, they're there to investigate ghosts. And he's like, anything he... Like, oh, I felt it chill. Ghosts are real. And then when she's like... So I think I saw a ghost. He's like, you're you're crazy. Just go lie down. It's like, he's what? <laughs> you crazy girl. They're all just... <laughs> Calm down. Well, just calm down. Ghosts aren't real. I mean... Yeah, yeah, they're there to explore uh, and observe scientifically the various unsavory yeah. stories which have been circulated around the house for like the eighty years that it's been there, um, and even then, like 
they're not sure if, like, it's not inferred whether these things are happening because of the people that died there or because of the house itself is creating these noises. Because there's, like, because it's in the, in the novel, uh, Jackson leaves that kind of up to the similar, like, nothing is, imp- nothing is explicit, it's all implicit, so it's, that sounds, I really need to read this fucking book so much, um, but <laughs> that's, that's basically, like, yeah, we, uh, don't know for sure who is exactly causing these noises, but oh my god, some of the noises, like, generally unsettled me so badly, like, the mumbling at that one yeah. point with the shadow <laughs> face on the wall, I was like, Oh, no. <laughs> no. I don't like this. Um, oh, that reminds me the the first night when they had, like, the pounding going on in the walls. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Nell and Theo are, like, on the same bed oh. and all that shit. And, like, oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> my my, my so- summary of this story is the film censors going, no touching between Nell and Theo and Robert Weiss just doing the shrug emoji. <laughs> the rest of the moment. No touching! Robert Wise is like, oh well. Oh, you get more? What if I do it anyway? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, we'll get it kind of. Everything I want to talk about is in the gay portion of this podcast, so I'm literally like, I'm like, I don't know what else to say. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I I love the the shot of the, um, the opening shot of the house, because it's like, it's such a real place that you can go to. It's in England. Um, Let's go! (laughs) Uh, hell yeah um it's the eddington park hall hotel in stratford upon avon uh which you can visit and it is uh reportedly haunted so it's like very fitting uh but all the interior shots were all done on a uh sound stage um and the reason why it's called the haunting is because when weiss was making the film he asked shirley jackson like if she had any other book titles like that she had been thinking about because he didn't want to make it such a long film title and she was just like maybe the haunting and that's really about it and so he's like cool use it (laughs) i don't know the haunting Especially Shirley Jackson, like, smoking a cigarette. Like, I don't know, it's called a I forgot how much people oh. smoked back then. Like, they got to that one shot oh, with Dr. Yeah. Markway, just, like, and everybody there is smoking something, and I'm just like, damn. <laughs> you just forget these yeah, things. They, um, yeah, they didn't care back then, though. They didn't know, I don't... In the 60s, I don't think they knew how bad cigarettes were for you. Yeah. Um, uh, Julie Harris, who played Eleanor, uh, she stayed on her own from the rest of the cast to kind of make her standoffish nature seem more authentic uh and for a long time uh claire bloom was wondering if she had done something wrong because she just wasn't really like talking to any of them and then she told her the reason why and she was like oh thank god (laughs) so (laughs) um there's also i gotta mention uh that uh the movie was dedicated to Val Luton, who was Weiss's mentor, because he had died 12 years before, and he was also, that's also the same guy who produced Cat People from last week. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. tie in! Uh, so yes, uh, definitely had to mention that. And also my favorite yeah, that- fun fact is the door bending scene was actually just created by making a mold with a rubber door, and then they had stagehands just yes. push it in. Yes! And I was like, yeah, man! That's theater, baby. Theater, baby. Yeah, this was definitely kind of, like, Robert Wise going back to his roots, because, like, like you said, that was his mentor, and, like, he started off first in, like, sound editing, and then in editing, and then doing stuff for, like, 
for horror, and so that, mm-hmm. which I didn't know that till I researched this movie. I was like, oh, because I, I, I first and foremost always know him from West Side Story. Yes. Um, he has the rain jacket. <laughs> Sound of music, the day the earth stood still. Oh, yeah. Just oh, go. Shit. <laughs> wow, he's a famous director. I'm such a famous fan. man. <laughs> oh. So, speaking of bad buildings, we're going to talk oh. about... Uh, there's nothing really like, I could find super that's like real life uh, or crime wise of just like because there's like the Cecil we'll Hotel find some ghosts, but like though. this ghost. Find some fucking ghosts. Do your job. I did find an article uh, that does talk about other bad houses uh, in the fiction world. Uh, so I was gonna talk about that one. Uh, usually haunted <laughs> houses are a dime a dozen. But this is just, this is going into, uh, buildings that were designed, and they are, like, they have, like, a sentience about them. Uh, they have an awareness. Much like Hill House is supposed to have, too. Um, I did want to mention that on this site, they had a link to an organization known as the Haunted House Association, which I must join immediately, because they are dedicated to helping promote, advance, and educate the world about the haunted house and Halloween industry. And there's like haunted trade shows like uh, HauntCon and Monster Palooza. And I'm like, hell yes. Oh, you had a Monster Palooza. It probably helped sponsor that. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> we are here to talk about buildings born bad. Uh, there's a subgenre within American literature and cinema that's focused on buildings, uh, ones that are themselves the sources of evil, like without ghosts or monsters, uh, but through some flaw manifest in negative awareness that targets those that resides within its walls. So one of like the most famous is probably uh, Edgar Allan Poe's The Fall of the House of Usher, uh, which drew on the models of 1964's uh, Horace Walpole's Castle of or Toronto. Uh, which also had a bad building that uh, basically made everybody inside miserable. Uh, the House of Usher, though, it differs as it's an actor instead of just, like, a setting of a story. So, like, how, uh, oh gosh, like, any any haunted house movie, it's like the haunted house is just there, but the ghosts are the main character. Right. But this time it's the house that's the character. Um... So like to like monster house. <laughs> yes, monster house. Um, so like in ways they do that within uh, the stories is that they give it like human characteristics, like vacant eye-like windows, an atmosphere which has no infinity with the air of heaven, a condition of sentience fulfilled, uh, which are a couple sentences from uh, House of Usher. Uh, the result is that uh, that silent yet importunate. Fortunate and terrible influence, for which for centuries has bolded the destiny of Usher's family, all comes to fruition as Usher and his house fall together. Uh, there's also the Victorian-era house at 362 Belize Street, the building for the center of Susan Maloney's 2003 book, The Dwelling. Uh, and also, obviously, they mentioned Shirley Jackson's The Haunting of Hill House. Um, so I have to read the opening line, because it's just such a good opening line. Uh, no live organism can continue for long to exist, surely, sanely under conditions of absolute reality. Even larks and katydids are supposed by some to dream. Hill House, not sane, stood by itself against its hills, holding darkness within. Uh, 
So originally Luke in the movie, uh, he's just somebody that's an opportunist to like get Hill House because he wants to buy it mm-hmm. and like renovate the shit out of it, turn the library <laughs> into a nightclub. <laughs> well, no, he he's gonna inherit it, right? Or is that? Oh, that's in the book. Oh, so in the book it's different. Okay, yeah, so he... <laughs> everybody else in the in the movie pretty much stayed the same except uh, Markaway was named uh, Monahue in the book. So. Well, that changes everything. Oh, changes everything, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so, uh, Money wonders if the building's personality was shaped by the people who lived there, or if it was bad from the start, like mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. Though from the outset, the deaths could not have helped, but this was architecture gone terribly wrong because it was thought that Hugh Crane, uh, who designed Hilled House, made every angle slightly wrong when they were building it, so it was kind of like more like a showpiece because he wanted it to be like the Winchester house in California mm. um but this is just like conjecture it's not like fact that they know so it's just like an idea of this is possible um so all of course all of these houses have something in common is that they are usually of great age or appearance of antiquity even if it's false they have a sinister shadowy history uh complex vaguely anthropomorphic forms and association with roots in modernist taste and uh, polemic, which colors our view on Victorian culture. Uh, so basically, big fucking houses. Nothing small ever goes on <laughs> in small houses. Uh, there's like numerous passageways, impossible to view in its entirety at once, like various, various rooms, faded splendor furnishings with heavy carved wood f- uh, furniture, velvet drapes, and even a suit of armor somewhere in there. There's always a suit of armor in a house that's haunted. Um, and these houses are actually built for the rich. And it's like the secret of great fortunes is a crime forgotten. So basically, because they built this house with riches that may not have been all, like, in, uh, you know, truthfully gotten ways, karma is coming to kick them in the ass, which is why we enjoy these things. Uh, it subverts our ideas of domestic tranquility and security. Um, we watch something terrible happened to people on a screen but we're in safety uh and they also support the american myths of egalitarianism so like everyone's supposed to be equal and attraction and aversion to aristocracy and wealth envy of the rich and how they got those riches so basically we get to watch rich people get their just desserts and my cat wants out hold on leave don't stand in the doorway go 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 thank you uh, so anyways, um, so there's actually a, uh, bunch of popular fiction that was containing the rich that are exposed by Mark Twin, uh, Mother Jones, Upton Sinclair, and many others that showing, shows why crime pays well, uh, long nasty strings are always attached to that dollar. Uh, there is a subverting of that trope of a haunted house, but making it into a modern, open-planned, glass-wall, light-filled structure whose designer is still alive, uh, and that is Anne River Siddons, The House Next Door, which was published in 1978, and in that book, the house is not even built yet because the plans are being explained to the reader by the narrator of the book. Uh, this house does, though, uh, have a dark, dark sentience within it. Uh, the person that built it, they said there's something in it that I did not put in here, that people who and animals that wander onto the property come to a bad end, such as like insanity, suicide, and murder. Uh, modern houses designed like many that you see today, like, you know, open planned and 
big windows and just like, you know, lots of light coming in. Uh, we're designed to eradicate the traces of the past. So it's like combating the shadows, uh, good intentions, lots of light, no cellars, no attics, no more weight of traditions and generations of family drama. But this backfires in this book because erasing the past only creates more ghosts, aka the nostalgic shadows of all the houses now condemned. Um, so the building may be like an organism, but we know that it's not really. And anything that happens comes down to just basically human will, neglect, or era, error. Basically, like, the art architecture fucked up or something like that. Um, but all these fictionalized houses that may have a sentience uh, take it across that line that makes them something with a will. Uh, a building that wants to be something and that what it wanted was to be bad. So, like, if you can imagine that as being hill houses, like, it's actually alive. It is creating all these noises to make everybody that resides in its walls absolutely miserable. That would be truly scary <laughs> that was real life so those are buildings born bad and if i ever hear about a house that's born bad i will definitely bring it up uh but so far it looks like everyone else is just <laughs> fine it's all fiction it's good <laughs> we made it up we made this one up i to make it up um but now we get to get to the good part which will probably last a very good long while is how gay this film is <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, the aforementioned, uh, you know, more modern adaptations of this actually, like, got to canonize Theo's queerness. This Hell yeah. movie is all just heavy subtext, which mm. is also can also be delicious. Um, oh, 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 oh! So, Gotta mention. Yes. Uh, there was a scene that they originally had of Theo in her apartment that was a post-breakup yeah! with her girlfriend. That had, like, I hate you written in lipstick on a visible mirror, but the only reason it was cut was because it was too on the nose for a film that's supposed to be, like, everything is implicit. Like, they thought it was just too explicit of a scene. It wasn't because it was gay. It was because they were just like, this is just... Sure! This is too explicit. Yeah, not really. Uh, I mean, I call BS on that. I, I think that's just an excuse because, like, there's implicit heterosexuality in this with the guy's wife or whatever. Like, when I watched that, was I like, oh, so it's not just implied that he's married or that he's, in, you know what I mean? I'm just, I'm just, I think that's 60s speak. 60s oh, speak. This was too much because, like you said, then they also tell like weren't like Nell and um, Theo weren't allowed to touch, but like they're literally like sharing a bed and holding hands. In this. Yeah, Robert Weiss said, "Fuck it," and like. And I, I loved it because, like, um, like, that scene especially, like, what wasn't scary, it wasn't like, oh, shit, I was holding her hand. It's just, she thought she was holding her hand in comfort, but, like, Theo's was, like, on the other side of the room, and she's like, oh, shit. Like, was hand, holding was my hand. Holding uh, that seems so good. God. Uh, they're literally, the, the scene before that where they're just, like, like, bickering and getting into bed together, I'm like, they literally feel like they're already married. <laughs> God. You hauled into this haunted house, which is <laughs> a movie on its own that I would watch. Same. Um, I also, I just loved Theo's, I loved Theo's wardrobe. Same. The, same. The turtleneck and the, like, with the necklace and like, it's very 60s, it's very beatnik, like, I guess another way to imply that someone is other or different, it's like, oh, yeah. she dresses like a beatnik, I guess, like, this is all like 60s lingo here. Oh, uh, what was it? Like, they, there was a line in the film where, like, uh, 
Elle, uh, Nell and uh, Theo were like on like a one of the terraces or something, and she oh, implies yeah. like you're like you're a mistake or something like that to Theo or. Oh yeah, I wrote that down. She's like, I'd rather. Yeah, she's like, she calls her an unnatural thing, nature's mistake. Yeah. You, for instance. And it's like, oh! Oh? Um, oh? <laughs> Explain. It's like, okay, so, you know, we've been new. Yes. There's also the scene where he asks what you're really afraid of, Theo, and she says, knowing what I really want. And it's like, oh. Oh. This isn't subtle at all, actually. This is not at all. At. No, no, no. <laughs> this is like, oh, it's, it's very, it's wonderfully gay. And I love it. <laughs> um, and Claire Bloom just did such a good job with Theo. I just love her. She's so good. <laughs> I had a lot of fun with this movie. That's good. I really enjoyed it. Uh, and also, Theo called uh, Nell baby a lot. Like, she's like, ah. it's alright, baby. And I'm like, oh? <laughs> oh. Is it? <laughs> Even in the, like, uh, when they, like, the first night there, she's like, oh, if you get scared, you can come to my room. It's like, oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) What if we keep... (laughs) In the haunted hill house. (laughs) All ghosts be banging on the door. Oh my god. (laughs) Um, this was actually a very positively... Uh, well-received film uh, when it was released. It didn't make quite its budget back. It was like, the budget was like 1.5 million and the box office was like 1.2 million. Um, but everyone thought it was really, really awesome and really well done. Uh, so I was like, and now it's just like everyone, everyone still loves it so much and gotta, I gotta find it on, on DVD so I can just rewatch it over and over again. Uh, and also, uh, Nelson Gidding, who did the screenplay for this film, uh, also did screenplays for I Want to Live, The Andromeda Strain, and The Hindenburg. Uh, so if you've uh, seen one of those films, he also did the screenplays for those as well. So he was pretty popular back then, too. I felt like there was more I wanted to say, but I'm just blanking at this moment. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, like, I, I feel the same way. I'm kind of... This is what we get from recording on, like, a weeknight. We're just like, I... I you know. I just, it's good. It's good? It's good, it's gay. What more do you need? It's good, it's gay. It's it's a good... It's a good length of time. It's pretty long. Not too, too long, though. It's not too long. But it's pretty it's, good it's, length. It's under two hours, I think. Yeah. Or around that time. Definitely. Um, I guess it should also... I mean, we should also mention, like, a lot of... A lot of these earlier films that have, like, hints of especially lesbianism, it's usually, like, like the villain role or the antagonist. And in this, like, Theo, well, she she likes to fuck with Nell a lot and kind of tease her and stuff, but she's never, like, a villain in it or something. Mm-hmm. Like, and I know that she's called, like, unnatural by Nell, but that's when she's, like, she's being a, like, that's when Nell's losing it and, like, I think trying to say hurtful words. Yeah. Like, it's never, like, I don't think it's ever judging her, judging Theo, which is kind of refreshing. I mean, this is this is a good 20 years after Cat People, it's 30 years after Dracula's daughter. So what? Like, the... Oh, sorry. So 
Sorry, I thought my mom was calling my name. She was calling the cat's name, which just happens to be one letter <laughs> off from my name. That's what I get for having a similar name as my cat. <laughs> um, no, yeah, like, especially for the 60s. Like, it, it yeah. she's treated pretty I mean, well. I, there, there was an article that pointed out that this was, like, post-children's hour, at least, so, like, people were finally starting to, like, at least acknowledge lesbianism <laughs> in, in films. Like, you know, the code was gone. and yeah. Well, children, ch- Children's Hour, like, the play was from the 30s. Mm. Lillian Helen was was on it, but the movie was from the 60s. Um, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, Kitty. So, yeah, I had, a, I had a lot of fun with this film. I think it's really good. I highly recommend it. Uh, if you want to watch the 99 version, you are... Do it. <laughs> Owen Wilson, baby. <laughs> Owen Wilson, baby. Catherine Zeta-Jones, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Catherine Zeta-Jones is Theo. Um, I'll speak on my friend's behalf that we're supposed to talk about today, but he said that, like, even though he didn't like the 90s version, he said that, like, Catherine Zeta-Jones is, like, his ideal Theo in every way, so, like... Mood. We approve of that, at least. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, like, good on her. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't know if there's what's going to happen with season two of Haunting of Hill House, because I think that Mike Flanagan said he wanted to make it about a different family that goes into it, so I hope so, because it's like, I love the family that we had, Um, but I think it's time to let let them have their happy ending, and it's time to torture somebody new. Hmm. Um, And the guy that plays Luke in that uh, series is going to play the Invisible Man, (laughs) so we are excited for that. Stan. Stan. It's, I, I, I didn't know. It's like uh, that whole family. I was like, I have a crush on all of them. <laughs> it's the worst time. Um, we have the. Oh, why am I blanking on her name? She plays Theo on the show and she's married to my. Oh, uh, Kate Segal? Yes! Yeah. She's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. <laughs> I love Like, if nothing else, I gotta watch that show for, for gay Kate Segal. We're oh having God. a good time. Yes, you do. You do. I need to rewatch it. It's been a while since I saw it, but I think it's really, like, at least something they have all in common of all the adaptions I've seen of this uh, book is that they all have that spiral staircase, which is, like, essential because, like, that's where, like, Mm -hmm. at least, like, all the hang, like, you know, the caretaker in this film, like, she hangs herself from the balcony of that uh, Nell in the Netflix series. That's a big spoiler surprise. Um... She dies on... Well, that's not really, because she dies in the first episode. Uh, but... <laughs> I can't remember the 90s version, but I, I hope... I assume that probably somebody died via hanging. I remember Owen Wilson getting killed by, like, a fireplace. Yes! The fireplace lion decapitates him. <laughs> that's that's cinema, baby. Cinema. God. Not- that movie, that movie had everything. Like, because it, it's so cheesy. I know we're supposed to be talking about the '60s one, but I just have to mention my love for the '90s one because it's, it's like it has like this terrible early '90s CGI that they yes. thought was good. Um, I watched Abby the t- Jones is there. It's just so extra. Like, it's the perfect foil to this this lovely subtle movie in the 1960s <laughs> that doesn't show you anything, and then and the, it's just ever everything. Everyone's like, want a bet? I watched the trailer for 
the 90s version today while I was on break, and I was just like, there's literally so much happening right now. Hugh Crane's ghost is jumping out of fireplaces. Children and statues you turning their like heads. That. Like, shit. And I was like, this is happening. I guess so. Um, but no, yeah, so I, I, I guess it's a fun time. I would watch it with other people um, and drink while watching it. Oh, I said the wrong director. It was Jean de Bon. <laughs> was keeping score. <laughs> The three people listening, like, you fucker. <laughs> how dare you not know this director? How dare you, how dare you not say it was Jean de Bond? <laughs> oh, God. That's on me. You caught me slipping. <laughs> slipping. Um, so, yeah. I w- I'd watch the 90s version with you, though. Uh, I got to, we had some alcohol, and we just got, we got together and got to watch it. Uh, oh, yeah, it'd be that's, fun. That's what, that's what that kind of movie's for. Yes. <laughs> like Sharknado, this is made, this is just so fun. Oh, it's too fun to watch, and we must uh, watch it, but must have a drink on hand at the same time. <laughs> All right. So, okay. shall, we, shall we wind down? Yeah. Let's wind down. Yeah. What you been up to? Okay. <laughs> well, aside from uh, the, the movie that everyone in the world has been waiting for, Hobbs and Shaw. Hell yes. Uh, I just wanted to mention that, but... This is a horror podcast, so I feel like I should mention I watched Raising Cane, and it was the wildest experience of my life. Like, it, they just put it on Shudder. Well, uh, do you know what this is, Al? I've heard of it. Sure. I have not seen it, though. But you can okay. spoil it. I don't mind. Ba- okay. So, it's De Palma, first of all. Which one. Um, basically, it's like Split, but with John Lithgow. It's like, that's, uh... Let's go with that. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> yeah, like, basically, John Lithgow's this guy with multiple personalities. Oh, my God. Which is already a big yikes. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it just, it, like, and, like, one of his personalities is telling him to kidnap children for this, like, experiment on childhood development, because he's, like, a, he's a pediatrician or a child psychiatrist or some kind of psychiatrist. Mm. And then it just gets worse when he finds out his wife is cheating on him, um, it's basically just a, an excuse for John Lithgow to just, like, show his rage. <laughs> like, and... <laughs> I need you to understand that when I clicked play on this, I was just, like, scrolling in bed depressed and didn't know what to watch, and I saw that Raising Cane was on Shudder, and was like, oh, yeah, this is happening. That's exactly what I needed. <laughs> oh, my God. So I don't know if I can, like, vouch for how um, PC it is, because it's definitely, like... I know we're all sick of mental illness in general being used as a horror trope. Yeah. I think this one at least tries to, like, it does sympathize and, like, stems back to why he has it, and it's, like, back to this, like, childhood trauma that he has, and that's what formed the personalities. Mm-hmm. It's, like, the personalities are the things going through the trauma now instead of him, so he can, like, try and live a normal life. So, like, they at least address that. I think it's, I th- which I think is kind of a better way than what Split did, where it's just like, oh, yeah, he's like... What if mental illness was your superpower or some weird shit like that? Like, I awesome. To do. I still don't know what to. I still don't know what to think about Split, honestly. I don't think anyone does. <laughs> so yeah, raisin, raisin cane. That's all I got. That's it. Um, I finished Schindler's List uh, on the third, oh, and shit's heavy. Wow. Way to one up. <laughs> Uh, it's because I'm doing my uh, my 100 uh, 
top movie uh, AFI thing. Uh, okay. So that was just the next one on the list. Um, and I was that was a split because it was it's such a long movie. People stop making such long movies. Yeah, I don't have I the intention span. Movies are too long. Movies are too long. Um, so I finished that and. That was the only movie that Liam Neeson apparently has ever been nominated for, like, an uh, Oscar or something. Everything else is just like, nah. Um, and then that same day, I was just like, well, that was really heavy. And I went and saw Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I believe in cinema. Um, <laughs> truly what I needed. And just, like, Idris Elba being there. And then... You know, uh, Vanessa Kirby making me... I either wanted to, like, be her or, like, can I, like, date her? Because Hattie's a lesbian. Let's just say that, first of all. Um, yeah, they tried to straight-wash Hobbs and Shaw. It didn't work. We saw past the line. She even, like, she was just, like, at that point, she was, like, remember when he's like, do you want to steal it again? And she's like, definitely not. And I'm just like, no. lesbian. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, that made me feel a lot better after seeing that. Um, after watching Schindler's List. Oh my gosh. That shit is so... Hey, you know what else Liam Neeson's in? <laughs> the Haunting, 1999. It all comes back. It, uh, it's full circle. It's full circle. It's full circle. <laughs> full circle. The circle alive. It's like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Just like, there's a connection in everything. Everywhere. Also, I did not realize, because I kept forgetting that was uh, Ben Kingsley in Schindler's List also that was playing, like, oh, yeah. I was like, I keep forgetting, because I'm like, I'm so used to how he looks now, and I'm like, younger version, I'm like, oh yeah. Did he ever look different? <laughs> I was like, oh yeah. Um, so that was fun. Uh, <laughs> then I get to watch a Charlie Chaplin movie on the next part of the list, so I can't wait for that. Uh, Great. Oh, heard of him. <laughs> heard of him. Uh, but then, yeah, I watched The Haunting. Yeah. <laughs> Just watch The Cat's Meow instead. You're done. There it is. There uh, it is. So, and I f finished my s The Snow Child book today, so I get to move on to my zombie book, which I'm looking forward to. Cool. Had had that book on my shelf for, like, four or five years now, and I just... <laughs> now getting to it. Because <laughs> it would be like that sometimes. Um... But other than that, it's been, I've just been going to work every day, like I do, because oh, yeah. full-time jobs are just that fun. They're great. <laughs> um, yeah, so next week we have a uh, something special planned. Yes. Uh, we're going to have si Sunday and Sydney's coming back. She's coming back! Um, it's, it's a surprise. Surprise! <laughs> and so isn't her girlfriend going to be on there, too? Yeah. yeah! Well, that was part of the surprise, though, but okay. I thought you meant the oh movie was God. the surprise. <laughs> I don't know. No <laughs> nothing matters. <laughs> Alright, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> That's my bad. Oh, yeah, we will see you all next week, then. Yes. Be sure to leave us a review on the Apple yeah. or Stitcher, wherever you get your favorite podcasts, just yes, to please. let us know what you guys think. And if you guys want to follow us, we do have a uh, horror Time social media. It's Horror Time Pod on Twitter and Stop Horror Time Pod on Facebook. And you can follow me at LM Designs on Twitter. Uh, do you have a Twitter, Kate? And yeah, I'm at, I'm at Pan Sarah Lance on Twitter. 
And you can always contact us also by stophorrortime at gmail.com. Uh, if you have any recommendations of movies you want to see us cover, or just have any comments, or just anything you want to tell us, uh, you can reach us there as well. Uh, we're eternally grateful that you guys listen to us, and we are looking forward so much to next week's movie. So we'll see you then. Bye! Bye.